Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, in all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to yet another spooky episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McEady, and I I don't even I honestly don't even have the words to describe how excited I am for today's episode. It's been pushed back several weeks because of me. <laughs> and we're finally doing it. I am joined today by Hannah Brown. Again, Hannah, how are you? Oh my God. I am amazing. Thank you so, so much for having me. I feel so blessed. And I feel like I need to use the word blessed specifically because we're talking about the movie Carrie today. Yes. It's you know heavy-handed religious themes. <laughs> <laughs> you were a pure blessed woman. <laughs> I'm already silent laughing. It's your, been like 15 seconds. Your dirty pillows are completely covered. I'm proud of you. I know. And why didn't you tell me, mama? <laughs> I, it was such a treat to rewatch this because I did like forget like, like, oh, like her, like her voice almost sounds like a pig being stabbed. I know. It's so like, have we ever, first of all, we're talking about Carrie, I guess I should say. We're like just talking <laughs> about, um, we're talking about the movie Carrie today, which is like, I'm excited to hear your Carrie journey. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Oh. And it means so much to my childhood, I feel, because it's like the first, Carrie's the first movie I can recall as a kid being like, oh, there's like symbolism in movies and like things mean other things. Cause like, I feel like it's so obvious that this movie is about just like, you know, puberty and like being a girl and mm-hmm. all the things. So I feel like it made me like a movie snob kind of. Oh my God. So real. So true. Also, I feel like it should be said for your listeners that Troy's background on zoom right now is Carrie's mom smiling, (laughs) smiling with a knife in a nightgown. And I'm just going to be, that's just going to haunt me in my dreams. Um, I, you know, I remember seeing this movie when, how old were you when you first saw it? I was young. I was like inappropriately young. I was probably, I mean, I had to be in like late elementary school. I was young. Love edgy. I, I watched it in like high school. I feel like I was probably like 14 or 15. Cause I think we've talked about this. Like we were always the friends that were like, everyone, you got to watch this movie that I saw on like VH1's I love the seventies or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I remember watching this movie and I went into it thinking that Carrie was going to be like the scary part of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being so shocked by the fact that like you're actually like rooting for Carrie like the entire time and in the end when she murders everyone I'm like cool yeah do it they were fucking terrible to you like of course she snapped it's like it's so crazy to watch this movie as a kid and then watch it as an adult and like my feelings Mm -hmm. usually when I watch a movie like like a horror movie my feelings about it are completely different but I feel like even as a kid, I was like, thank God. Like the, I do remember when I was a kid being really sad and I used to cry when she would die. It's fucked up that she dies. Like she like finally gets hers and then she has to die also. And that's like fucked up. Yeah. It always kills me. It's one of those things where I'm always like rooting for something to change. Like maybe this time if I watch it, it'll be different. She won't go in that little room. 
Yes. Why does she go in that little room? I don't know. I've always thought that it was maybe just because she was like naive and stupid and thought that like the prayer room would keep her safe. Mm, that's a good point. See, I I think I almost always took it as her being like, well, like I give up, like fuck yeah. this shit. I'm out. Like I'm just going to take my mom and we're just going to like end this. Like that was like yeah. a choice. Because at that point she like thinks that she's evil anyway because her, her mom has convinced her that she's evil. So that could also be it where she's just like, you know what? I should be dead according to my mom. So yeah. let's do this thing. Let's do this in the most like blessed way possible in my prayer room with yeah. that really, really haunting crucifix. Oh my God. It's so, it literally haunts me in my like nightmares. The eyeballs, like forget about it. It's terrifying. And the fact that like, it like even before her mom gets stabbed up against the wall, it it like looks like her even before that. There had to be an explanation for that hair that carries mom rocks. I oh mean, my God, that matted, like, no, it's so matted that there's no part. Oh my God. It just, it's just, it looks like a, like a wig, <laughs> yeah. like a, like a, like a founding father wig. Like it's a fucking disaster. And then they're like, oh, they were trying to make her hair look like Jesus. Like, sure. I mean, yeah. If Jesus went to like a bad salon, like, I don't know. <laughs> like if Jesus put everything hot he could find up against his hair and just singed all of it at the ends, turn it into yeah. this burnt mass. Yes, maybe. That's where we're at. I mean, yeah. I also like, I mean, I, my grandma's like very much a practicing Catholic. And like, I remember going to her house and she had like crucifixes around. And like, mm -hmm. I do feel like because there's so many scary movies with like, you know, the church as like part of the story, I feel like crucifixes are often portrayed as being creepy, but there's yeah. some really beautiful ones that exist out there. Like my grandma always had really pretty ones that didn't scare me. And then I remember seeing this movie and be like, oh, this is a scary, scary image. Do you think that, like, when you watched this movie, did you always kind of view it as, like, a metaphor for puberty? Or is that something that you feel like you, like, learned older? Because I don't I don't know if when I was younger, I definitely know that when I was younger, the opening part with her having her period, like, meant something. And I don't know if I could wrap my head around what all of it meant, but I was like, that was so traumatic that she had her. And I knew, I mean, I grew up with women I knew what a fucking period was as a kid I had to learn very young what tampons were yeah. because the boxes were all over my house so I was like okay so she had her period and they're all making fun of her for having her period and that looks really traumatic mm -hmm. yeah I I don't think I knew that it was like a metaphor for puberty I think I really just took it all at like face values like she has telekinetic powers right. these people are mean to her and she is getting her revenge in the end I also was always really sad when the teacher died because the teacher like knew what was up and she was like rooting for Carrie I know that always like, that killed me when the teacher died and also it's like uh, that too it's like her you know like if you look at her telekinesis is just like like her teenage angst mm -hmm. it's like it makes so much sense that when she did like fully pop the fuck off it was all so misplaced and she was seeing people laughing at her who weren't laughing at her yes. and you know she viewed everything that the teacher did as like manipulative and all of it was completely misplaced and wrong as it would mm -hmm. be with any teenage girl mm -hmm. yeah I mean 
I, I also, sorry, I also love when the teacher, like when Tommy asks her to prom and the teacher's like, okay, cut the shit. Like, why the fuck did you ask mm-hmm. her to prom? Like, I know that you're full of shit. And also you said on my podcast that Carrie's mom is like the embodiment of your anxiety. And like in a similar vein, I was like, that is brilliantly true. Like same. And also this, yeah, this idea that like, when you are in that headspace of like, you have like this looping thought process in your head of like, everyone's making fun of me. Nobody mm-hmm. likes me. Oh, like God. it's so like startlingly real how like you take every single thing that anyone around you does as like an attack and as like a negative and that's like as an anxious person myself with like severe social anxiety it's like I've definitely had those carry thought processes of like that person's making fun of me that person's laughing at me not with me like and it's just it's like kind of wild to watch and as an adult and be able to like draw parallels to carry in a way that like I don't think my like 15 year old brain could totally and it's it's just so like it's so smart that Carrie is like, you know, she is like this sweet, very innocent, very docile, like soft-spoken church mouse girl, but she's mm-hmm. also still a teenager, which means she is in fact a monster. You know what I mean? And like yes. people consider this to be like a body horror film because mm-hmm. it has so much to do with her body and her sexuality and whatever. But it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, she's, a horror villain in a sense because she is a monster she's a teenage girl and teenage girls are monsters monsters i mean please refer to tiktok and instagram comments i mean they're mean 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 yeah yeah and like i don't know it's funny this movie also is so interesting just like all of the female stuff going on like the relationships with all the girls and there's so many women in this movie and they're all so mean. Yeah. You know, every woman is so evil to each other. And they're horrible, horrible from like Carrie's mom to like the girls at school that are supposed to be friends with each other to the way that they treat her to the way that the teacher treats them. They're all just like out for blood for each other. Yeah. Truly, when the when the teacher just slaps what's her name Chris in the face, like at after school detention, just slaps her in the fucking face. Now listen, I loved every second. I was like, she deserved it. Slap her in the face. But I was like, damn, like teacher just slapped a student in the face. Like that would never happen. The teacher's like, Chris, stop being such a bitch. Like she just like. Chris, like just no fucks given. And honestly, rewatching this, I was like, I want to operate from a place of that teacher where it's like, I will root for the underdog no matter fucking what. Yeah. If you fuck with the underdog, I will fucking ruin your life. Yes. I will slap you in the face. Yes. Like, ugh. I know. And I love when she, I love when she slaps her. And it's like, even that scene is iconic because it's like she slaps her. And then Chris like runs up to the girls and expects like that they'll, you know have her back because they're her friends and they're like bitch we want to go to prom yeah they leave her out to fucking dry like everybody is so dog eat dog all of the women I mean there's literally like two men in this movie and they're just bumbling fools really totally just the most bumbling fools who's the one with like the girl with the curly hair with the mom who like is sort of the final girl if you will of this movie yeah, I love the way she's written because she kind of has this character arc 
that's confusing and you can tell that the entire movie she doesn't even fucking understand like who she is or what side she's on because she has these moments where I'm like you're being a bitch right now Mm -hmm. and then she has these moments of like humanity where you can see she actually like wants to do the right thing but isn't like self-actualized enough to like stay grounded in what she believes and I just like love the way she's written because it's like I know plenty of adults who feel that way and like teenagers especially are like who the fuck am I what like box do I fit in like what do I have to do to make my life easier even if that means making someone else's life harder like that's a complicated thing 1000% I love her she's like one of my favorite people in the movie she's so underrated Mm -hmm. and I love that like she sort of represents to me the way teenagers can just sort of turn on and off their emotions and identities like at one moment she is literally throwing giant massive pads at Carrie and bullying her and being so mean and then she's able to just turn it off and be like oh well she is a human I guess like it's just so teenage girl to one day decide like oh she's a human so yes probably be a little bit nice I guess you know Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, like it it is really wild. Like if I think back to like my teenage life, it's like one week you have a crush on one person the Mm -hmm. next week you're like, I'm never fucking talking to him again. Or it's like, she's my best friend. We're not best friends anymore. We don't talk. It's like everything just changes so fast because you like, you don't know who you are well enough to like stand by any decision that you make. Totally. And I feel like that this movie is like an entire exploration of just a bunch of rambunctious kids trying to figure out who the fuck they are. Yeah. And like, you don't really have the tools to be able to be, I mean, you literally don't have a frontal lobe as I always make clear on this podcast that teenagers are just serial killers in waiting for the, like the one bad day that will like, you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Like teenagers are fucking crazy and scary. You don't have the, the, the tools to be able to be compassionate for somebody else really because you got all your own shit going on. Like you're so in your own world and like you go through so much trauma yourself every day, mm-hmm. just fucking existing and going to school that you don't have time to care about some other kid who's being bullied or like, you know, you just, your brain doesn't, you're not wired to like put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, no, you're like, I'm just happy it's not me. And like, I'm not even going to touch that because I don't want to get involved because then it could be me. Because then it'll be me. I mean, also, like, I I thought it was interesting too that first scene with what's her name's mom and then Carrie's mom when Carrie like comes to the house and or when Carrie's mom comes to the house (laughs) and is doing her whole shtick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She's uh, the other mom is kind of shady to her and is like, okay, like I'm not doing this thing that you want me to do. And she's like, well, fine. And it's like, it's like modeled behavior, like from mother to daughter that like the mom is kind of like snarky about Carrie's mom. So it's like, of course her daughter is going to be snarky about Carrie. Cause it's like, yeah, this family is fucking weird. Yeah. That scene is so like, I don't know. I feel like that scene is so underrated Cause it's like, yeah, it does add this other element, right? Yeah. What's, what's Carrie's mom trying to do again? She's like trying to like sell her something or like make her like join like a phone tree or like, (laughs) what is it again? She's trying to do some shit for the church or she's trying to get her to like actually join the church. And she's like, here's $5, ma'am. Please get off my property. Yeah. I would not let Margaret into my house. I would be like, bye. I have a dog and I'm not afraid to use it. 
Don't you love to when she's standing outside the, the screen door, her face is literally pressed up against the screen. And then the, her mom finally goes, please, Margaret, won't you come in? And she's like, oh, thank you. And she like <laughs> immediately opens the door and walks in. Puts her bag down, opens it up, makes herself at home. Oh, makes herself at home with her black cape and her beady <laughs> eyes, honey. Yeah. Her giant Mary Poppins bag filled with church stuff. Like, get out of here. Oh, my God. Well, also, like, who is this actress? Like, who is she? She's iconic. Her name is Piper Laurie. Did you ever watch Twin Peaks? No, but my sister loves that show. Okay, so Piper Laurie is in Twin Peaks. And obviously, she's Was she like- creepy in that, too? She's like, she's not creepy, but she she's like uses that same sort of like tone in her voice, you know? And mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, like, she's one of those actresses that really separates like straight men from gay boys. Cause it's really, as a yeah. kid, I was obsessed. Like, I can't <laughs> tell you how much I'm like, I like loved her. Cause she's just like such a broad, you know? such a broad he's such a broad like she walks into a room and she just eats up all of the scenery and all of the dialogue and she just fucking eats everything up and like owns the room and I love it that's so true (laughs) wow that's so true she does just sort of like command every space she's in I mean granted (laughs) my my only reference point is Carrie but when she's in a scene like that is her scene that is not the SpaceX scene like this is SpaceX wishes (laughs) We all wish. We all wish. We all wish. Hello. Like Uh. she, her acting is just like so incredible. She's so much of what makes this movie what it is. Like Sissy Spacek is so good as Carrie, but her mom is so good as her mom. She's terrifying. You know, I was talking to um, a friend of mine who also acts like yesterday. We were talking about Emily and Devil Wears Prada, which I know you're like, where the fuck are you going with this? But like, (laughs) I was talking about like, what's so amazing about Emily Blunt as Emily and Devil Wears Prada is like, you can tell that she found, like, she found the human side of Emily. Where like, Emily, like, while she's a huge bitch, like, has every reason in her own mind to treat Andy that way. She's like, totally. you come in here. You disrespect this entire magazine and industry. You talk down to me. You yeah. look like shit. Like, I don't like you. Like, you get out of my way. And it's like, I feel like the best villains are played by actors who, like, have found a way to root for that villain in their head. And totally. I do feel like, what's her name? Piper something? Piper Laurie. Yes, as Margaret has like found like this side of this woman where it's like, no, in her head, she has rationalized all of her behavior and all the messed up things she says and does because she is a woman of the Lord. And like, that's where it starts and stops for her. Yeah, and it's like, it goes back to this thing of like, you know, this whole movie is like about women sort of being punished for being women, right? Yes. Every girl is just like in this limbo of just fucking torture because they're a girl because they just exist as girls like Carrie having her period and she can't control it is like her fault and Mm -hmm. she gets punished for it and her mom it's like you find out like at the end of well kind of like in the middle of the movie that her mom thinks that all of this is because she committed the original sin and she had sex so this whole thing is because she indulged in sex with her boyfriend and made her daughter so I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I love when she goes and he's touching me and feeling it all over my body. 
She's so extra. I live for it. I live for Margaret. She's <laughs> like, I smell the whiskey on his breath. It's like, girl, you don't have to tell me twice. I get it. Literally, I'm like, honestly, sounds hot. Like in my mind, like she was having sex with like Joe Calderon. I'm like, get after it, Margaret. Like, hot. I am dead. Fucking Joe Calderon. I am dead. She was having sex with a cool Nebraska guy. Yeah, Joe was like, with- <laughs> like Margaret. <laughs> Joe just smashes bottles all over the house. <laughs> you want to meet up after church or something? <laughs> the fucking like cigarette. Oh, I watched that Lady Gaga like VMA monologue like once every six months. It's amazing. Oh my god, it's so good. I love when she's like in full Joe drag, and Britney is so uncomfortable standing next to Gaga. So confused. <laughs> <laughs> Britney like doesn't know. She's like, is it? What do I? I What's she doing? She's like, Joe. (laughs) Brittany Brittany just wants to be polite and like respectful, and she doesn't know how to act. Yeah. She's like, I'm in a BB dress and I just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's true. Like, she is literally, there's a whole, all of these events she thinks is because she had sex. And it's just like reiterates this thing of like, every woman in the movie is just being punished for being a girl it's crazy oh my god I truly like the more I dig into just like the generational bullshit that women have had to deal with about Mm -hmm. like you I think I've talked to you about this like you're only like valued if you're sexy but if you're sexy and you lean into that then you're a slut so you have to be sexy but you can't actually be sexual it's just all this fucking like bullshit catch 22 nonsense that women have to deal with. And it just like, when I think about it a lot, when I see movies like this, I'm just like, smash the patriarchy, fucking yeah. burn it down. Like it makes it's me crazy. so angry. It's like, it's like women, like they just can't, we can't win. Like no, yeah. every woman in this movie is doing the best she can in her own mind. And no one wins. No one wins. Well, and it's also crazy because whenever I watch movies like this, I'm like, wow, it's sick how many things still feel so relevant. Yeah. It's sick. Like, yeah, it's insane. This movie is however many years old and so many of the themes are not in any way, shape or form different today at all. No. And I think that's part of why this movie's been remade like fucking 500 times. Right. Yeah. The story holds up. Although I feel like none of them are as good as the original, let's be honest. Totally. Yeah. But also like, I don't know about you, but like for me being popular in high school, like the only reason I really wanted to be popular was because then I could date whoever I wanted. Oh yeah. The reason to be popular is like, it's like, that's another interesting thing that I feel like this movie kind of explores, but not too much. It's like, all of the girls seem to have their own sort of like, I don't know, their own sort of drive or like reason to be in the girl group that like matters. Mm -hmm. And that's so true to being a teenager. Like everybody wants to be popular for some specific reason, whether it's like feeling protected or feeling safe or feeling, you know, like, attractive or whatever you know it's all just like a coping mechanism yeah like it's like I feel like especially in high school you just look to all these external things 
mm-hmm. as like your identity. It's like, well, if I had this boyfriend and if I took this class and if I got this award or if I was crowned homecoming queen, then like mm-hmm. that would make me into this like magical version of myself that I've dreamed up in my head instead of just actually doing like the inner work to be like, who am I? What makes me tick? What do I like? Like that's right. all that really fucking matters. But as a teenager, it's like you just think if you get all the things yeah. that you're told you should want, then like you'll be popular and your life will be easier. Yeah, and I feel like I should say, um, I've talked about Screen Prism on this podcast before, Mm -hmm. but I'm obsessed with this YouTube channel. They used to be called Screen Prism, and if you look them up, I think they changed their name, but if you look up Screen Prism, it'll still pop up. And they do these really intense exposés about movies and TV shows and characters, and they're all so good, and they make you totally rethink things that you think you know or things that you love. And in their carry... Uh, I don't know, episode or whatever, they talk about all of this stuff that we're talking about right now. But one of the points that they bring up that I think is super interesting is that, you know, Carrie, like the hardest part of the movie to watch is when she is like coming into her own. And like, you know, you think that this, if you've never seen it, you're like, oh my God, not only is she coming into her own, she's standing up for herself She's Mm -hmm. standing up to her mom. Mm -hmm. She's embracing her femininity. She's out with no bra. Her dirty pillars are showing. Yes. And I mean, the fact that she even went to the dance and had fun in itself is like this massive rebellious act. And then she gets punished for believing in like the fantasy. Yeah. prom. Like, even though it's every girl's dream, it's everybody's aspiration, they all want to go to prom, like, it's all they care about. Mm -hmm. And then she goes and she, like, falls for, like, the dream of prom and they make fun of her for, like, doing the same fucking thing that they're all doing. Yeah. They're like, you idiot. How dare you think that you should, like, go to prom and be in, like, dance and have fun? Yeah, that you're, like, worthy of this, like, high school experience (laughs) that we're all having. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, fuck that. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's so sad. It's so sad. It really is. And you, and I agree. Like, you really do think, like, the pieces are, like, falling into place. Like, she, like, with her telekinesis, when she throws Margaret down, she's like, mama! And Margaret's like, and, like, falls back on the bed. It's like, yes, Carrie, like, this is your fucking moment. Like, rise from the ashes like a fucking phoenix. Have fun at prom. Like, this is your moment. And then you're like, oh, shit. Like, it literally all went up in flames. Literally. This is honestly, if you stop the movie at prom, this is just a romantic comedy. Beautiful movie. (laughs) There are these like moments of camp in this movie that like break it up that I love. Like I love that detention scene when Miss Collins, I think her name is like when she's like making them do like jumping jacks and they're like, and one and two and two and three and seven and four. And that fucking bitch with her little BB hat and her little pigtails is like, oh. Like just moaning and groaning, having none of it. And I'm like, I, it's so good. And they're in their they're in their sleepaway camp gym outfits. <laughs> and I love that the music is like <laughs> like for no reason. It's like really shrill and like Yeah, it's like <laughs> and then it's like as they like suffer through the gym class, it's like <laughs> it like slows down. It's like and they're like we're tired miss collins <laughs> you can't do this to us 
She's like, what? She's making you do like jumping jacks, like chill. I know, like you guys are literally doing the slowest jumping jacks I've ever seen. Like, girl, calm. Yeah. This is your punishment. Calm down. It's like 45 minutes. They're like, oh. <laughs> I love the gym scene and their outfits are so fucking cute. So iconic. And again, so they're iconic. all they're all like also I love how they're like, we don't do jumping jacks. I'm like, you're all like twigs and you like live in the gym. So like get out of here. <laughs> um I feel like I, I wrote in my notes that I feel like this was a thing I needed to bring up just for my own yes. peace of mind. Um listen, <laughs> okay. The minute I say this sentence, everybody's gonna know what I'm about to say. I understand that John Travolta is really weird. L- like, listen, don't close your computer. But like, never. John Travolta in the 70s is like literally not even a human person. Like pre-Scientology, pre-John Travolta being like brainwashed by the church, he was beautiful. Like it's like, un he's like not a human. I Listen, Danny Zuko is not John Travolta in my head. And Danny <sighs> Zuko was like part of my sexual awakening. And like, I will Thank not you. apologize for that. You know, this is why you're here. And like the way he talks. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when Chris is like, doesn't Chris like go down on him in the car? And he's like, Whoa, are you kidding? Hey. Millie? <laughs> Millie? Millie. Like, how is she talking, saying his name so clear with his dick in her mouth? Yes, and then she's like, I hate Carrie White. (laughs) (laughs) If if someone was going down on me and they were like, I hate this person, I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Why are you thinking about that right now? Yeah, like, hello. (laughs) That whole scene is so weird where she like, she's like totally like into him and then he like will randomly slap her across the face and she'll be like damn it billy but billy and then she'll try and rub his chest hair and then she'll punch him i'm like i don't really get what's going on here it's like from zero to a hundred zero to a (laughs) hundred he's like i said don't call me that (laughs) like she keeps calling him a name and like he gets really mad she calls him stupid fuck it's like what is that like your trigger (laughs) yeah stupid fuck I also love like, I mean, okay, I will say Chris is someone who, unlike Emily Blunt and Devil Wears Prada, I don't think she really figured out, like, I don't think the actress really figured out, like, why Chris is this way. Right. Because she really just seems like a cartoon, like, of a mean girl in high school, you know? I watched some other, some other Carrie, um, like, breakdown on YouTube, and they talked about how, like, Chris's character, the way that she's written in the book and the way that she's supposed to be written in the movie, even though the actress, I I agree with you, I feel like was just being like a a cartoonish mean girl. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to sort of like, like her and Carrie hate each other because they represent everything about each other that they wish they had. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Carrie is like innocent and she's sweet and everybody like views her as like this sweet, innocent girl. Everybody views her, Chris as like a mean, slutty bitch and she knows. Mm And mm-hmm. she hates K- Carrie's like purity, and mm-hmm. Carrie is terrified of how much of a strumpet she is. Really, mm-hmm. you know, like it scares her and also wow. kind of entices her a little bit. That's fascinating. Have you read the book? So I never read the book, but my mom read it. She's obsessed with it. She used to try and get me to read it all the time when I was younger, and she would always she knew how much I loved the movie, mm-hmm. and she would always tell me that in the book there's way more detail about Carrie's dad and like the role that his 
her dad plays in her life because he was he had telekinesis oh joe calderon had telekinesis <laughs> joe calderon had telekinesis and he uh left because of something oh to do God. with that so like yeah oh wow yeah. that's interesting now i like want to read the book but i'm also like scared to read like stephen king my mom tells me all the time that it's the scariest book she's ever read carrie yeah she loves she, it she's read it like has she read times. like has she read the shining she read the shining she read it she used to tell me all the time that she read it when she was pregnant with me and it used to like make me literally do like cartwheels inside her body like I oh would my be god you st- you've been like a scary movie like scary shit baby like literally since like <laughs> when you were in the womb that's yeah. so sweet I love that you can bond over this with your mom yeah she loves she loves all of this stuff but also to be fair I always say Stephen King's books I feel like are great but whenever Stephen King himself gets his hands on a camera and tries to direct something it's horrible like everybody else does way better adaptions of his books to me than he does yeah what movies has he directed of his books he did a version of the shining that is literally like i mean it's tv movie the house down mama boots it is uh horrendous and he hates the shining he like hates the movie he doesn't like the kubrick one despises it Oh, he's just mad he didn't come up with it. Right. Because he thinks it's like too, it like deviates too far from like his story. But like his version of the movie is, you have to watch it one day just for fun. It's so silly. It's like the silliest thing ever. Oh my God. Now I'm like fascinated by this, like these diva antics of Stephen King's behind the scenes. (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry. I don't want to take us off track here, but I have been wanting to watch the Angel episode Room with a View recently. I have not. Are you familiar? Yes. With Cordelia and the fucked up apartment and that lady who's in everything who plays like a ghost. (laughs) I remember my mom like loved like she wasn't as much of a horror movie person, but she loved like a freaky deaky like ghosty like paranormal moment. So she loved like Angel and like Buffy and Charmed and all those shows. And um, but I I've really been wanting to rewatch that episode lately for like spooky season because like it like traumatized me as a kid and I literally haven't seen it since it like aired in like 1998 or whatever. I'm thinking about rewatching Buffy mm-hmm. because I I've never watched Buffy as an adult. I only like I I stopped watching Buffy when it was done. Like I didn't I wasn't one of those people that like had the box set or whatever. But I love it. Yeah, I used to watch it before school every day. It's so good. Sarah Michelle Gellar is like amazing. Do you live for her? I honestly like I don't like she doesn't come to my mind when I'm like I live for Sarah Michelle Gellar. But then when I like think about her and like Mm -hmm. the pop culture moments that she is responsible for. I'm like, yes, I like live, laugh, love Sarah Michelle Gellar. The movie is simply irresistible starring Sarah Michelle Gellar is one of the most underrated rom-coms of our time. I don't think I've ever seen it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> she's a witch. She's a witch who puts her feelings into her food. And so, but she, and she's a chef. So she, and uh, what's his name? Sean Patrick Slattery. Isn't that his name? He was like a nineties babe. It and he plays so the love interest. He has this like kind of douche bro, like finance bro, like New York thing about him. Okay. And he plays the love interest and it's just, you'll just have to watch it. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> now I will. I'll watch anything Sarah Michelle Gellar, honestly. 
she's a, she's an icon. She's amazing. And I love that her and Freddie Prinze are still together. I think it's very sweet. Isn't it crazy? It makes me feel really old when I see them in those commercials. And he has like gray hair. Like, don't you fucking dare have gray hair, Freddie Prince. I'm like, Zach Seiler, like, you just got into college. <laughs> <laughs> You're just working at the docks and waiting for Julie to come home for the 4th of July or whatever. Come on. Like, you're not like a dad. You don't have gray hair. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I can only see him as his I Know What You Did Last Summer character now, and he's just so, such a terrible actor. Like, I live for it. Derpy. He's God, so derpy. Julie? I I have to confess, I have only seen I Know What You Did Last Summer, like, one time in my life, and I need to go back and, like, watch it again, because I listened to your episode about it, and it was amazing, and I was like, okay, gotta go on this journey. You got to. You have to, because it's, like, it's such a weird movie, because it's, like, it's, like, Scream, but it's so, like, melodramatic and, like, moody and dark and emotional. Like, it's really in its feelings, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, y'all like really thought you were doing something with this. It's right. Like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but it's also a soap opera. You're going to feel yes. something. And it's like, I'm not feeling anything. I'm making fun of all these people, but I'm having a great time. I feel nothing for, yeah. for uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prinze. Like, I feel absolutely nothing. You should watch it for Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar, though. Oh. Uh. I'm in. I miss. I'm. They. You know. I always say this about '90s movies, but I'm like, they don't make them like that anymore, and I really don't think they do. They don't. They really they just, don't. They try. They try, and it's like it's not happening. Like you can't. Don't fucking put Noah Centineo in a slasher and tell me that he's doing what Ryan Phillippe did, and I know what you did last summer because it's just not the case. I can't. These fucking TikTok stars are gonna like. I hope I'm dead before the TikTok stars really become like. You know, the other day I was, I think I said this before on the podcast, but I was like looking at paparazzi videos because sometimes like Hollywood Unlocked and all that stuff will come up on my, mm-hmm. or Hollywood TV, whatever, will come up on my YouTube recommendations and I'll click and it's all TikTok. Like they went from being like websites that featured like Paris and Lindsay and Britney and like Mila and all the girls to now they just fucking film TikTok stars at the Ivy. It's, it's vomitrocious literally i'm like what's a charlie d'amelio like why do i care what's an addison ray i don't know her like are you kidding me x17 like if i knew that all i had to do was be insanely hot and like stick my tongue out and like do little dance moves in front of like a tripod with a ring light and then i could be a gajillionaire and starring in the she's all that remake like i would have gotten on this much sooner but alas you'd be friends with courtney kardashian right now on like on a yacht I, with a bunch of kids I, please that doesn't sound that fun to me but it's no. with it. i'm like <laughs> I'm not like, I don't really want to go on a yacht with children. That's not fun. No. To me. I don't babysit. Mason <laughs> seems like he would bully me anyway. I'm not into that. He's like, he seems like he would bully me. Yeah, totally. He's scary. Mason and North <laughs> would text about me in the same room. Oh my God. Like, like you would all be like on a couch and they would be like, kind of like side eyeing each other <laughs> and like texting and you'd just be sitting in the middle being like, what are you guys? Doing? Yeah. Like, what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's going on? Everybody's phones are going off. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is our like carry social anxiety like coming to the surface. I feel like okay, even though I said I identify with Carrie in some ways, I also feel like I wasn't even like 
I didn't even keep to myself the way Carrie did. Like I was totally the person who would walk up to a group of people who clearly didn't want to talk to me and be like, so what are we talking about? And they would all just be like, uh, hello, my girlfriends. I tried so hard. I'd be like, Hey everyone, what's up? Yeah. And like, I kind of, in some ways wish I took the carry road of just like, just go home, hang out with your mom, go in your prayer yeah. room and just like remove yourself. Yeah. I was the same. I was the same way. Like I was annoying. I mean, the, the term I, is annoying. Did, did you ever like, did it ever get back to you that like people called you annoying behind your back? I was so like loud and my laugh was so obnoxious and stuff that I like didn't even have to wonder. Do you know what I mean? I, I love your laugh. <laughs> your laugh makes me so happy. I I feel that I was told by people like so and so thinks you're annoying. Like that was a word that followed me forever. Like through high school, like people think you're <laughs> annoying. You're annoying, and I'm like, or you're boring. Yeah, or you're fun. just you no fucking sense of humor. Yeah. Like I've literally had people be like, she's just like doing a lot, like, like get a terrible first impression of me. And I'm like, I, that's just who I am though. Like, it's not like I'm like, Hey, like, I'm not like on, I'm not like a, I'm not like a ventriloquist dummy, like trying to put on a show. Like, just like I am. I'm just like laughing at something and it's, you know what I mean? Teenagers are so fucking weird because then it's like, when you get older, and you look at people that you graduated with and stuff, and it's like the people that you thought were so cool. Like I look at people that I thought in high school were so cool, and I'm like, oh my god, I never realized until way too late that you are literally the purest definition of like a basic local. Oh my god, yeah. Like you were that girl that has like that you're a Jesus lover and your Instagram bio, and you have a hundred followers, and all of your pictures are your kids, and like you are were mean in high school because you thought that you were gonna like I don't fucking know become some like model and yeah and you're like I don't want your fucking essential oils Tiffany right like- yes I'm good <laughs> on my LuLaRoe leggings for the month gals yeah. thank you so much though <laughs> yes yeah no totally it's so interesting I think about that all the time like how like I was I wanted to be the popular kid so bad and then like as an adult I'm like I don't really know what you bring to the table yeah like, like that's particularly interesting or exciting or kind or compassionate. Like you're kind of just at a flat lining across the board for me. Yeah. Like and they haven't changed. Like no one's changed. They're the same fucking people at the age of like 30, whatever. I think that <laughs> to tie it back because we literally could, I mean, you and I could end up talking about like volcanoes by the end of the, of the podcast. Like honestly. thousand percent. But like that ironically is another thing that I I love about the mean girl group in this movie because they all and it has nothing to do with like how they look but it's just everybody knows that in a big group of popular specifically popular girls I feel like it happens with boys too but more so with girls there's always those few girls that just sort of end up in a popular group and you're like how did you get here like like oh to be my a god bitch and it's like girl how did you even get invited into this fucking party who the fuck are you like like who you, are you you would have no sense of style you're right. not funny you're not nice where like who decided who now, i always wonder that right? though who the fuck decides who's yeah. the decider 
And do they like have a meeting and be like, okay, we're going to invite, you know, so-and-so into the group. And then yeah. another person's like, she has bad style. And they're like, okay, but she like has like a hot brother. So we're just going to like let her into the group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got a car, you guys. Take one yeah. for the team. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I yeah, think that I, about the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 keep going. Well, I thought that about the girl. I mean, there's a couple girls in the group that I'm like, sis, specifically the really nerdy girl who's always giggling at Carrie's like, who's always like, tee! who wears those big giant mom glasses yes, and has like she, a mom quaff. Oh, like how fucking dare you? The audacity of this like, woman. Girl, this Carrie girl. is literally eight foot tall, has hair cascading down her ass, is gorgeous. That's the other thing Stunning. is like Carrie is like beautiful. Like Sissy's face like is so pretty. Oh my God. When she's getting ready for prom, I'm like gorgeous, stunning, an angel. I know. And again, like- they're just jealous a 70s aesthetic like she is oh sissy space like to me is just so fucking beautiful her freckles she's so beautiful i that was something too that struck me when i rewatched it i was like she's like stunning yeah and i mean it it's truly it's just like there there's nothing worse than just like like a beautiful person who like gets it in their head that they're like not worthy or pretty and then they just let themselves be like bullied because I'm like you have all the makings of a popular girl but your confidence is missing because of your crazy mom and I'm so sorry yeah like she there's absolutely no reason that she wouldn't be a popular girl and that's the other weird thing about being popular is like you'll look at somebody who isn't who's like stunning and like whatever and you're like why how did you not like you're like you said who decides like who's working the door I mean but I have to who's working the door I have to tell you though the the popular girls from my high school their moms were the same fucking way they were clicky they were mean Mm. they were mentally still in eighth fucking grade and part Mm -hmm. of me thinks that it's just like the mean popular girls grow up, have kids, groom them to be mean popular girls. And it's just this like never ending story. <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> It's so true. I mean, like, like my mom, like, like my mom was like gorgeous, but she was very socially anxious and insecure. And like, again, my mom had like all the makings of like being a cool girl, but she yeah. just like got nervous around, like she got really intimidated by like clicks of other women, especially in my like hometown. And then that kind of got passed down on to me because I was like, oh yeah, like they're mean, like, ah, yeah. and I never like learned to feel confident, but you have to think if your mom was like really fucking popular and like, she just tells you how amazing high school and junior high is. And she's like, it's gonna be amazing for you too you go in being like oh I'm the shit because my mom told me I was yeah and, and like you're popular and like projects all of that princessy stuff onto you like wanting yeah. to be the prom queen and wanting to be a cheerleader and like wanting to like be in all of the sports and do all of the things mm-hmm. and date that guy mm-hmm. specifically you know it's mm-hmm. so dark oh it's so fucking dark. I like think about if I were to be a mom and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I would tell my kid because like truly like junior high and high school is like a nightmare. Like mm-hmm. skip it. Like it's not fun. Seriously. I guess that is the the biggest difference in how I watched this movie as an adult and how I watched it as a kid. Like as a kid, you're in it. Like I would watch this as a kid and think like, God, high school is going to be fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And then yeah, I would watch it in high school and be like, damn, high school sucks. It does fucking suck. It still sucks. You know, like so much of this stuff is the same. And now yeah. I'm like, 
yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> like, this movie brings up a lot of like weird feelings, I think, for anybody who watches it about adolescence and high school and like just trying to fucking get through it. Totally. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I had telekinesis when I was in high school, I would have used it a few times and then been like, who, me? Totally. And you would have been a monster. Like, that's what's so relatable about Carrie. It's like, yeah, if I, if you were a teenage girl and you had telekinesis and like, you, instead of like screaming or getting up or slamming your door when you get upset, you can fucking flip shit. You can just move things. Oh, uh, hi. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like Matilda, but really fucking dark. And like right. in high school, <laughs> it's like, if, if I had telekinesis, I wouldn't be like making waffles like Matilda. I wouldn't be like making little paper people dance around a room. I would be like flipping trucks. Oh, fucking lootly. Like, I would be go like, big or go home. <laughs> putting gum in people's hair. I would be very mischievous. I feel like if I had telekinesis, I'd be very sneaky yeah you know you would what take I mean? it to almost like a place of the craft where it's like <laughs> like oops sorry didn't i would notice. i would fully nancy the house literally i would be yeah full on nancy i could totally see myself like losing myself in my power oh same that's probably why like i mean i'm not gonna speak for you that's probably why i'm afraid to like fully step into it because i'm like i could be a real fucking nightmare if i'm fully in my worth in this world like who's yeah. to say <laughs> <laughs> if I really allowed myself to lean into how great I am, you know what? Some terrible yeah. shit could happen. Yeah, there could be some dead sharks washing up on the beach while I yeah. walk around being like, he's in me. <laughs> I can fly. I can fly. <laughs> I'm flying. I'm flying. Me and my me and my best friend Katie always talk about like invoking minnow. Like whenever like like whenever I'm having like a bad dare, like I really am like in, in I'm like feeling and I'm like in my head. I'm like, bitch, I'm about to fucking fully invoke minnow. Like I'm about to invoke minnow at the bank. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Like this uh... bitch tried me enough that I almost fully invoked minnow. I almost did it. I almost called to the guardians of the watchtowers of the east. I really almost did it. <laughs> incredible. Um, what do you yeah. think about the fucking, I don't know why for some reason I've never like thought about him deeply, but the guy, Bill, not Billy, what's the other Tommy. guy? Tommy. The guy that this all revolves around kind of, Tommy. Like, ugh. I don't like Tommy. I don't like, also, he kind of resembles a cocker spaniel and not in a good way. Oh, girl, his hair is insane. It's a, it's a journey. It's a fucking journey. And Every he, time I say the word, sorry. No, go ahead. Every time I say the word journey in my head, I hear life is a road and I want to keep going. Love is a road I want to keep going. <laughs> Wonderful journey. Um, sorry, I keep going. Tommy, the hair. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. Um, <laughs> no, he's just like, ugh. I mean, I guess he's like a really good depiction of a teenage boy just being kind of like, ugh. But it's like, I don't know. If anything, I feel like they should have cast John Travolta as Tommy because John Travolta is like actually charming as an actor. Mm -hmm. And then this kid could have just not been in the movie. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's tricky because I agree. I feel like John Travolta is a lot more charismatic and like brings more to the table as an actor. But I also think it's like actually very realistic that sort of the like uh, the like center of all of this, the nucleus of this whole operation is just this like derpy, like paper doll of a boy who like, again, like has nothing to write home about. It's just like kind of rude and kind of boring and like not particularly hot. And it's just like, but yet like he is the pawn to make this whole fucking thing unravel. Yeah. And I also like, I was, I was curious because I'm like, I don't even think Tommy fully knows what he's doing this entire movie. Because like, because it doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Sue and Tommy do not know that that pig's blood operation is even happening. No. So like, so Sue is literally like, hey, I have to like make up for what a dick I've been to Carrie. Will you please just take her to the prom? And Tommy's like, I don't want to, but fine. Yeah. And so when he's being nice to her at the prom, like, do you think that's a show or do you think he's genuinely like finding like a moment of humanity? I think he genuinely is is surprised by how much he's enjoying her company and that makes it mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. because it's like, this really could have been something like amazing for her. You know what I mean? Because I think that he really truly genuinely is like, oh, I like, like her, like she's cool. And yeah. I also thought it was weird that he was like kind of cheating on his girlfriend with her. I thought that was weird too. I was like, if I were Sue, I would be like, okay, you're going like to be nice. Like you don't need to like kiss her on the dance floor. Like let's just reel it in really quick. They kissed like four times. Yeah. I was like, this is shocking. And Carrie's like, she's like so shocked by like how well this is going. Do you yeah. wonder though? Like I bet like, I sometimes wonder, no, I don't wonder. I think this is the truth. I think like popular kids do feel this obligation to date other popular kids because it just like makes sense. Like as Mm -hmm. Elton from Clueless once said, like it Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, But it is like, I wonder how many cool couples could exist in high school if people just like entertained people outside of their direct clicks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember a lot of like, like as far as relationships would go yeah like they would always date in the group but then Mm -hmm. this weird thing would happen where sometimes like one of the popular guys this is like sick but I do remember a lot of like moments where one of the popular guys would like dip out of the group and dip into like what uh, any whatever other group and just have like like side pieces that were not a, like a real thing because they weren't also popular so it was basically just girls that they would hook up with so like they would never take them seriously enough to like call them their girlfriend because right. they weren't in the same group but they liked them enough to like hook up with them yeah and the girl Ugh. felt like so worthy you know what I mean like yeah. like the honor of having this guy like even want me so like yeah I'm comfortable being his secret weird side piece there was a lot of that at my school a lot That's- I'm sure there was a lot of that at my school, but quite frankly, I wasn't socially relevant enough to know. Like wow. that's dark, right? It's like so that's gross. So dark. I do remember like I was a theater kid and like there would always be like one popular guy like every year who was like, I'm going to act this year. Then he would just get the fucking lead and like everything. I was mm-hmm. like, it must be nice. Um, And I remember anytime there was like a popular guy in theater, I would be like, this is my moment. Like right. I, I get to take like acting class and be emotionally raw with like, you know, Michael or whatever the fuck his name is. And yes, it never happened for me. I'd be like, we had, I would like go home and I'd be like, mom, 
we had this scene where we were like like husband and wife and stuff and like I swear I felt something and my mom would be like okay and <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yeah and it never went anywhere a shock <laughs> to no one <laughs> like full walk to remember you're like he needs me to teach him dialogue he needs me Troy, it all goes back to a walk to remember. I, when you were talking about the side pieces, I was like, so, you know, unlike Jamie Sullivan, they were willing to be secret friends. Yeah. Yes. Fully. I actually was like really close to a girl <laughs> who had like a, she was like this guy's seat. Not like, I don't know if you would call it secret. It was like, um, it was like, we kind of flirt in, in public, but nobody really, I guess that's secret. Like nobody really knows the extent of the fact that like, I like actually like you, but I'm not allowed to like you because you don't, we don't in quotes work. That's devastating. It's so gross. It's so like, ugh, God, it's just so high school. Ugh, it's so high school. It's like none of that shit matters. Like my Mm -hmm. little sister's in high school now. And like, I just want to tell her like, it's all bullshit and none of it matters. So just like, do you boo, get good grades. Yeah. Don't you wish though when people told you that you would like believe it in high school though you never believe it oh my god never you're like this is like it's just gonna be like this forever this is just like who I am and I'm so lame and this all sucks and then you get to college and you're like oh my god I'm amazing like none (laughs) of that really mattered oh my god in college like like totally I totally like rose from the ashes and I was like I'm here and I'm fabulous and I was like Everyone was like, game on. Okay. It's literally just like a fake it till you make it thing. That's all it is. You know, it's just a fucking game. But I think I do think to bring it back to Carrie, I think it all depends on like what your parent tells you, because if your parent gives you every reason to be confident and to walk into a room and be like, I got this, people are going to gravitate towards that. But if your parent is like, I can see your dirty pillows, Carrie, right. like, how the yeah. fuck are you supposed to be confident in like, <laughs> a stressful like social anxiety inducing situation yeah especially as like an adolescent an adolescent girl who like is surrounded by like slutty mean pretty women yeah like what the fuck are you supposed to do I know. And I, I really do worry about like the youths of today because I'm like with TikTok being a thing and Instagram, like you see these like 15 year old girls who look like they're fucking like 30. And it's like, how can you compare? Your, I mean, it's like, you know, when we were growing up, it was like, I compared myself to Britney Spears, but she was like 20 and I was like, right. you know, nine. And it was like, okay, well that's like an adult woman. I can't like expect to look like her, but like some of these like really young women on Instagram and TikTok look so old that I'm like, how the fuck can anyone compare themselves to that? Like that is, how is that a real human? You know, I just rediscovered this documentary that I used to watch a lot when I was little called Middle School Confessions. Oh my God, I've never seen it. Oh my God, it's an HBO documentary about, well, the kids in it are my, like, I think they're like my exact age. So Mm -hmm. I was in, I was like going into high school or like in maybe a freshman when it came out. And it's about these kids who like, it's just about the middle school experience and it's broken up into chapters that it's like depression, partying, sex, and they break it up. And these kids are just like super, super candid. And they allow the cameras to go to these like high school parties. And it's like, it was so jarring. Cause I was like, wow, like our, 
like our generation was the like the millennial generation was the first generation like you said to be really really super have everything kind of like in your face as far as being like sexualized Mm -hmm. and you know all of your like teen Mm -hmm. idols just being like little like taunt girls that are like I'm a virgin but a slut you know like yeah yeah it's crazy and I was like watching these I've, I've been watching it on YouTube and like these kids like the girls are all like they're all like 14 with braces being like getting blowjobs is fun to do because it makes guys like you and it makes guys want to like be here and be nice so it's cool <sighs> and they're all like super awkward and just oh. and I was like god this is I mean this is when I was young I can't even I feel like we like kick the door down for these kids now to just be full to all have fucking OnlyFans accounts honestly hello like euphoria I literally didn't even I remember like during bat and bar mitzvah season like people were getting like fingered on the bar mitzvah bus like (laughs) on the way like back from a bar mitzvah to a bar mitzvah and I didn't even know that shit was happening because like I was always like sitting at the front and like excited to get to the party first like I never like I never even knew that shit was happening I was like geez I went to a very, uh, you know, every high school has like their thing. Like some high schools have like a pill problem. Some high schools are full of people that have alcohol issues. Some high schools Mm -hmm. are, you know, whatever. I went to like a sex high school. Like the issue at our school was sex. It was like. Really? It was, it really was like a teen movie. It was so much like Degrassi that it's like hard to even. Like, would you get back from summer break and like someone will be pregnant and you'd be like, oh my God. It was just a lot of the culture at my high school was like, it's okay to be really, really, really sexually experimental. Like all of my girls had hooked, all all of my girls, all of my girlfriends had hooked up with other girls way before we had graduated. Like girls hooking up with each other at parties at my high school was just like a, a very normal thing. And like, wow. and like some really fucking launchy shit. People would have sex at my high school all the time. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. That's wild. I know. Oh my God. There was like a group of girls like from a high school, like in a neighboring town that were like infamous for being called the dirty dozen. And it was like 12, <laughs> 12 girls who were best friends. And apparently they just like were very sexually experimental. The dirty and like, dozen. And they nicknamed themselves the dirty dozen. Like they were like into it. Stop. I know. Where's their I lifetime never, movie? I literally am like, I don't, I don't even know who they are. It's like to me, it was like an urban legend. I was like, who's in the dirty dozen? Like I was always so curious about like who the fuck made up the dirty dozen and to this day. I don't know. But I bet if I did some Facebook, like if I reached out to some random tertiary people from high school, be like, hey, were you friends with the dirty dozen? Who were they? I bet <laughs> I could those I could, gals. Yeah, how are they doing? I bet they're all selling essential oils now just to bring it back to that. Like, they're probably like, yeah. You probably have like weird messages in your inbox that have gone to some weird folder of them trying to get you in like marketing schemes that you don't even know about. Oh, totally. They're like, let's like Ponzi it up. And I'm like, I'm not in the mood. Please. <laughs> they're like, have you ever thought about starting a coffee cup business? <laughs> they're like, you could make up to... Yeah. 50k a year if you reach your goals. <laughs> All you have to do is put $40,000 into it and then you become rich. 
Yeah. Like, <sighs> and then if you get to the next level, you get like a black Jeep yeah. from the company. And it's like, no, you fucking don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but you all no know the company rides the it up level. into your house. Beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My friend got the black Jeep last year, but only a few people have. But I see something special in you. <laughs> I think you can get it too. Did you watch the 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 Vice Land about LuLaRoe? No. Oh my God! Vice Land did a YouTube uh, doc, like a short doc about LuLaRoe ruining women's lives, and it is so. It's not like it's sad. It shouldn't be funny, but it's like, girl, like you know what I mean. Girl. I laugh at sad things way too much where it's like, how did you even get like, I was watching The Vow recently and listen, I think I could easily be like recruited to a cult. Like I'm all yes. about like wellness, self-care. And if the right person was like, this is going to like make you up level your whole life. I'd be like, yeah. okay. Um, so no shade, but I am like, okay, there were like a gajillion red flags, like pretty early <laughs> on that. Like if it were me, I would have been like, I don't know about that. Right. Weird. Like, how do you get that far in? That's what makes me feel like it's okay to laugh because I'm like, girl, like you really had to like go blindly into this thing and just ignore everything. Yes. I mean, come on. Like it's like it's like you're mentally and emotionally, it's like the mental emotional equivalent of like like walking late at night alone, looking down at your home, your phone with headphones in. It's like you're not even paying attention to what's yeah. going on around you. And you're wondering like, why the fuck something bad happened? One of the women said in the LuLaRoe thing that like part of the culture of LuLaRoe is that you like eventually have to get some sort of plastic surgery. <gasps> if you make it high enough. And oh, they, oh, if you're so lucky, if you're so lucky to get like the gold, key, the gold keychain and not the blue one or whatever. Oh, um, and they, they go with the owner of the company to like Taiwan and they all get like cosmetic procedures and they'll be like, Bridget, it's almost time for you to get your procedure done. What are you going to get done, honey? A breast augmentation, butt lift. And they just go get weird surgeries together and it's like a Whoa. part of the culture yeah that is wild like imagine somebody being like all you have to do is put all your whole life savings into this company and then we're going to take you to taiwan in your like geo tracker that we bought you and you're going to get illegal like liposuction on your thighs it's like okay like what literally it's like what could go wrong like, <laughs> yeah. i don't see a problem with this do you are you kidding? I don't even get to choose my own surgeon for my lipo. <laughs> Come on. I get to be my own boss. Sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I said I get to be my own boss. Sounds amazing. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Flexible hours. Are you an actor? Yes. I could tell. Seems like you might want to be your own boss. Make your own hours. So you can go to auditions and stuff. <laughs> Do you have a group of girlfriends by chance? Yeah. Do you want to throw a party? Are you social? You seem social. You can throw a party. I don't want to fucking throw a party. I know. Party for one. In the words, in the words of Carly Rae Jepsen, party for one. Okay. <laughs> for a bunch of fucking gals that are all out to get me and like outsell me. No thanks. Please. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, closing thoughts about this amazing, iconic Canon film? Oh, uh, I mean. 
I'm going to look through my notes and see if anything I missed. I know. I did text you this before we got on the mics um, where I said in that in that YouTube thing that you had me watch about it that was so beautifully done. It did talk about how like Chris hating Carrie represented like her hating the vulnerable feminine parts of herself. And I made a, I made a comparison that it's like when Stassi hated Laura Lee. And I would just like to bring Ooh. that to the forefront on the podcast. Shit. Stassi has like big Chris energy and Laura Lee has like big Carrie energy. Wow. Oh my God. That is the best comparison ever that like, she literally is Stassi. Yeah. Yeah. This whole like, I can't believe I can't go to prom. Like just cause I did something mean. It's like, you're getting punished because you did something mean. Right. That's how that goes. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a good comparison. Yeah. I know. It's like hard to get out of your brain once it's in there. You're now it's like, oh my God. Now my my eyes are like emoji size. (laughs) You're like, oh. Yeah. And I do feel like Laura Lee has big carry energy because it's just sort of this like frenetic, like insecure, like desperate, but like you really do want to see her succeed kind of energy. Yes. That being said, it was dumb that she fucked Jax in season one. What were you going to say? Well, it's funny that you say that because it's like Laura Lee is like, she was so like, how do I say this? Like she was, she wore her insecurities out in the open she was so Mm -hmm. honest and open about her insecurities and you know that Stassi views that and somebody is a complete fucking weakness yes you know what I mean I'm gonna use that against you right because Stassi is also so insecure but would never show it and I'm sure Mm -hmm. it killed her that this girl would just be like just so open about all of her issues like you know that's that was brilliant that was a brilliant way to end the podcast Thank you so much. It's so true. I, and I, I do feel like it's also, that's just like a societal fucked up thing that people are like brainwashed to think that being vulnerable and honest is a weakness and that it's something yeah. to be like preyed upon. When to be honest, I am much more afraid of slash like concerned for people who do not know how to be vulnerable. I'm like, I really hope you get that figured out because that is not a healthy place to be in. Like, it's not good. I listen, I think I talked about this I think I talked about it during my Big Brother episode because I I like look at Cody this way, this guy from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like a really super macho straight guy who like isn't he's not like a chest beating macho guy, but he's just very like I'm handsome, I'm attractive, I've always gotten the girl, I win everything, I'm athletic, I dress well. Like he's mm-hmm. that guy, and it's just mm-hmm. so interesting to see how men deal with stuff like that because yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes I think straight men are just like the scariest, you know, because they have all that pent up weird shit going on and they don't deal with anything. They don't work through any issues. They don't feel like they're allowed to talk about problems. And it's scary. It is scary. It's like everyone should be in therapy and I wish that it was covered by more health insurances because it like everyone needs a safe place to digest their feelings and I think that it's fucked up that we live in a society that tells people that if you do it you're crazy or you're Mm -hmm. imbalanced or you're weak I just it's a mess it's a mess yeah I agree and I can also be honest and saying like just for myself that before I started doing this podcast I was never somebody who would like announce my depression to people Oh my God, me neither. I was so ashamed. Yeah. I could be like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm crazy. And now <clears throat> like doing this has made me much more comfortable with being honest about stuff like that. And mm-hmm. being like, look, I literally can't record an episode this week because I can't get out of fucking bed. Like mm-hmm. I don't mentally, I mentally don't even want to be on a microphone. I don't want to mm-hmm. record my thoughts right now. Cause like that sounds like it's on it wouldn't be a good thing. 
Oh, when you're depressed, it's actual hell. It's yeah. like to jump behind the mic and be like funny and like make a joke. You're like, I have not showered in three days right. and I've yeah. been ignoring phone calls and texts <laughs> that were urgent yeah. in nature. And like, I can't do this right now. Yeah, yeah. I cannot laugh about fucking Bethany Frankel right now behind the mic as much as I want to. Trust me, I want to. <laughs> well, I love you so much for doing this and I just obsessed with you in general. Troy, I'm obsessed with you. I love you so, so much. Thank you so much for the honor of dissecting Carrie <laughs> with you and going on all of the tangents because it's, it's my favorite thing in this world. <laughs> Tell people where they can find your podcast, all of the things that you're doing right now. Oh my God. Thank you so, so much. Um, y'all can follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter and at Hannah A. Brown zero on TikTok. And my podcast is called Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. It is a uh, comedic podcast that examines the human experience <laughs> through a pop culture lens. <laughs> took me a long time to come up with that, but that's a little catchphrase. And then I also have a as a like seasonal podcast called You Know You Love Us with Hannah Brown and Tyler Meredith that I co-host with my friend Tyler Meredith where we are recapping season one of Gossip Girl and it is a trip. So check it out. Um, it's actually amazing that you're doing that because I'm thinking about watching Gossip Girl, by the way, for the first time in completion. So I feel like I'm going to do it in tandem with you. Oh my God, that's such an honor. And I just can't wait for you to like take that journey life yeah. is around and I want to keep going <laughs> I'm gonna be texting you a lot about gossip girl so just be prepared be prepared oh, <laughs> 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 you know thank you so much this was such a joy thank you <laughs> bye guys bye thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.